Yes, yes. God is faithful, isn't he? I thought about it. I'm not complaining. I found out a lot of times uh, I go through valleys and others have been through those same valleys, been through deeper valleys, but God has been faithful, hasn't he? And I love him this morning. I know you love him. I appreciate the fact that I can feel his presence this morning. If we're able to stand, if you're able to stand with us, book of James, I want to read one verse and preach what the Lord has laid on my heart. I, I had a message that the Lord gave me about three months ago and I, I put it in my Bible and I never felt no leadership to preach it and then just kindly forgot all about it. And the Lord touched my heart Thursday morning and said, I want you to preach this message. And then I came to Sunday school this morning and Brother Danny taught half of what I'm going to preach. <laughs> That's the second time in a month that that has happened. And, uh, but I like it that way. Amen. That lets you know God's speaking on both ends. Amen. Amen. And so, and then the, the choir singing, the good worship and shouting and praising God. I, I'm glad I'm no stranger to that. Amen. Amen. I'm glad this church is no stranger. And you'll be waiting a long time if you wait for us to apologize about it. Amen. And you might as well go ahead and dig a grave because we're not, we're, there's a lot of things I'm sorry for and a lot of things I'm ashamed of. But I've never been ashamed of being saved. And I've never been ashamed to raise my hand and say, Thank you, God, for saving me. Amen. Amen. James chapter number. Uh, one in verse number 15. <laughs> the Bible said, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Father, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus, God, that you'd give us liberty. Now, Lord, I don't want to say anything. I don't even want to preach if it wouldn't be your will this morning. God, I don't want to say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. And I pray this morning that you'd give us the vocabulary that we need, give us the wisdom beyond ourselves. And may the Holy Spirit do what we cannot do this morning. And Lord, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice in this verse of Scripture three words that I circled in my Bible in this verse. I want you to notice the word lust. As the Bible said, then when lust hath conceived. And then I want you to notice the word sin. It bringeth forth sin. And then there's the word death. When sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. The word lust, the word sin, and the word death. And I want to preach this morning on this subject, on the deadly triangle of sin. The deadly triangle of sin. There's three key words in this uh, verse of Scripture this morning that I want us to think about the word lust, the word sin, and the word death. And when you think about sin this morning, just like in this verse of Scripture, there's a triangle. It begins at that point of lust and it leads from that point down to sin and from sin it finally ends with death. And it's so hard to separate lust from sin and sin from lust and even lust and sin from death itself. And I think the reason for that is because that all three of these words are connected closely together. I'm preaching on the deadly triangle of sin. I want you to think about these three words in this light this morning. When I think about the word lust this morning, I think about the desire as the Bible talks about uh, uh, the desire and the deception of sin, that 
is really what lust is. Lust is a desire, and lust can be very deceiving. Isn't that right? And so it is with sin. So when I think about lust, I think about the, the desire and the deception of sin. What lust is, it is the picture of sin. When you're driving down the road and you see that billboard with all them people sitting out on the beach somewheres and, and they've all got a bottle of liquor or a bottle of booze and they're sitting out there in the sunshine and they're on the beach and the waves are coming in. And you know what that is? That is a lustful picture. That is a, that is a, deception, a deceptive picture. That's what lust is. It's very deceiving. And then there is the word sin itself and the word sin is the delight of sin or should I say this morning it is the pleasures of sin just as lust is the desire and the deception and the picture of sin. We've got the word sin here and it's the very delight or the pleasures of sin. Do you know why people sin if we just get down to the brass tacks and take the mask off? Do you know why people sin and keep on sinning? I know that they have. we have a nature of sin but I'm gonna tell you why that they keep on doing the things that they're doing because there's pleasure in sin. Now, I'd be a fool this morning to stand up here and to try to convince you that sin is not enjoyable because every one of us has sin and we've enjoyed the pleasures of sin. It's delightful to sin. The flesh just wants to do things that it's not supposed to do and live in a manner that is not pleasing to God. Why does the flesh crave it? Why does the flesh lust after sin? Because of the pleasures of sin. The man that starts drinking drinks because he wants to impress somebody, but then he begins to get an appetite, a taste for that alcohol. A man that commits adultery with a woman, it's because of the pleasure that comes with the sin of adultery. And this morning, there is that pleasure in having what God says does not belong to you or what you're not supposed to have, taking what you should not have. There's delight in that. That is what sin is. As the Bible said last week, as we looked at that verse of Scripture, that all unrighteousness is sin. Now the Bible said, therefore to him that knoweth to do good to him it is sin, that is sin's of commission, but the sins of omission is all unrighteousness is sin. Ask yourself this morning, why do I sin? Because of the pleasures, the delight of it. But then we come to the word death this morning in this triangle of sin. We see the desire and the deception of sin. That's the picture. We see the delight and we see the pleasures of sin itself. Sin is delightful. Sin, the very essence of sin is pleasurable. That's what draws us in. That's what keeps us there. But then we come to the word death and that's the dark side of sin. That's the price tag of sin. Sin has a dark side this morning. Sin has a price tag. When you think about it, the best illustration that comes to my mind is a credit card. You're walking through a store, you're driving down the road and a piece of plastic, if you're not very, very careful, it's just a license to, to do something that you really don't need to do and you shouldn't do. Some people are never responsible enough to have one. But if you're driving down the road and, or if you're walking through a department store, there is something there that someone has, has maybe put on display and they put it in the right manner and they put pictures around it or on the box. There's pictures there that are very enticing and you don't even need that. But the picture draws you in. You stop. 
You pick it up. You look at it. You don't need it. You may already have one at home. All of a sudden, what you have at home is not as good as what you're seeing on that board. That's why a lot of people commit adultery. What they have at home is not as good as what they're seeing. The picture, the, 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 the deceptive picture. You see a man, if it's a weed eater, you see a man out there, they don't show him in a, out in a yard that his knee deep and with a couple cars in the front yards. You know what they do? They show you a beautiful lawn with, with a beautiful landscape. And there's a man out there with a button down shirt and a, and a nice pair of jeans on. And he's got that and the sun's just shining bright. And he's sitting there and he's just edging. There's not a stitch of dirt on him. Now, you know that's not the way it is. But it looks good, don't it? And that weed eater's put together on the outside of that box. <laughs> Everything, the, the, the picture's deceiving. But yet we're fooled so many times. We, we look at it over and over and we know that's not the way it is, but we look at it and then we say, you know what, I, I think I need that and I really don't have the money, but I got this piece of plastic here. You know what, I can just take that and walk right out the door with it and start using it and not have to spend anything on it. So you get it, you go out and you begin to use whatever that is that you paid for. You enjoy it because it's new. You enjoy it because everything works. You enjoy it because everything is just as you wanted it. And boy, I mean all that time, you're, you're using it and you're enjoying it, but hang on just a second. There's some pleasure in using something you didn't pay for. But there's coming a bill. There's coming a day when you've got to pay the price for what you've enjoyed. And you know how we're living today. We got young people, we got young adults that are living. They want to, they look at sin, they, they lust after it, they, 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 they desire it, and they reach out and they get a hold of it, and, and they enjoy the pleasures and the delight of it, but they don't want to pay the price tag. When the pleasure's done, when the good time is over with, when, when I've got all that I want out of it, then, then I'm done with it, and I want to walk away without a bill. I, I want to walk away without any consequences. I, I want to walk away as if it never even happened. Hey, look at that verse very closely. I saw something in this verse I've never seen before. The Bible says that when lust hath conceived, notice this, it bringeth forth sin. Now watch this. And sin, and I underline this next phrase, when it is finished. Not when you're finished. When sin's finished. I think there's something this morning, Brother George, we all need to get a hold of about this thing of sin. It's not that I'll go do what I want to and when I'm done, I'll walk away and it's over with. Oh no, friend, the price tag is there. When it comes to dealing with sin, it's not when you're finished, it's when sin is finished with you. I preached a funeral of a man that was 72 years old. His wife came to this church years ago. And I preached his funeral, and I don't know if that man was ever saved or not. His wife was a godly woman. But he was in the Navy and lived not far from this church. He was in the Navy and I witnessed to him several times, some of the men of the church and witnessed to him. We tried to get him to come to church. I don't think we ever got him to church, Brother Charles. Me and you have been to his house many times. But I'll tell you what happened to this man. 
When he was in the Navy years ago, he drank hard liquor for five years. He, he drank hard liquor. I was thinking about this story. And then after he got out of the Navy, he settled down and, you know, he just kind of settled down and quit drinking. Years, I'm talking about, I'm talking about 40 to 50 years went by. And all of a sudden, he went to the hospital one day losing his memory just dramatically, just, just, just like that right there. And the doctor said, have you ever drank liquor in your life? And he said, yeah. He said, there's, when it comes to dementia, there's over 30 different kinds of dementia. The kind of dementia that he had was due to alcohol. It kills the brain cells in the front of the brain. They One day, just for whatever reason, that, that, that disease had run through his body for over 45 years. It was flowing through his veins of where the, he had drank so much liquor in just a short amount of time. And I want to tell you, listen, over 45 years ago, he walked away from the bottle and said, I'm done with sin, but sin wasn't finished with him. And I'm telling you, listen, in just a matter of a few months, uh, he lost his mind, his memory, and he wound up in the graveyard. You say, what is that preacher? The Bible said when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, not when you're finished, but when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Amen. I thought about when I was a teenager, I heard the story of a man that had been pure all of his teen years, and the night before his wedding, maybe you've heard this. He went out and I heard the preacher telling the story as a teenager scared me to death. He said he went out the night before his wedding uh, a ceremony with a bunch of men that he had grew up with and he had been pure all through his teenage years and they said to him, they said, let's go out and they had hired him a prostitute to have a good time and he said, I, I can't do that and he said, well, he said, they, they said, you've got to. He said, once you get married, he said, you've tied the knot and, and you can't ever undo that and so with much persuasion, that's exactly what he did. Got married the next morning as though nothing had ever happened. Three years goes by and his wife is expecting and as every mother and every father, they're excited about that and he goes out and they, they go through the nine-month process. The baby is born and, and, and boy, they're so happy. That little baby's laying there so healthy and, and I mean so beautiful. But then the doctor comes out and tells them that he can't see. The baby's blind. And the doctor says to him, said the reason for this is because of a sexually transmitted disease that, 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 that was received. And as a result of that, this baby cannot see. Well, that mother knew that she had been pure and that she walked down the wedding aisle and that she had never been with a man. All of a sudden, I'm talking about three years later, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. So he was done with it three years ago. The Bible said, be sure your sin will find you out. I used to tell my kids growing up, I said, now you sin, God's going to tell me. Isn't that right? I said, I don't care know how he's going to do it. I don't care how he's going to uh, do it. But I'm telling you, if you get out there and you do something that mom and dad don't know about, I said, mark it down. God will let me know some way or another. It's true, isn't it? 
God will let the man of God know. He'll let the parents know that God-given authority, that sovereign authority that's been placed in our life, sin will always find us out. Eve went to the tree one day and the devil got her to look at it. She lusted after it. There was the deception of sin, the desire of sin. She took that fruit and I don't know what it was, but I'm sure that when she put her teeth in it, I'm sure it tasted as good, if not better, than anything that could ever be eaten. I'm telling you, and she... She ate of that fruit and partook of it and the pleasures of that sin, but then came the price tag. David walked out on the bow of his balcony one day and he saw a woman washing and he lusted, he desired. He could have turned, he could have walked away, but the picture was so good that he called for and a night of pleasure and a night of delight and oh, he enjoyed it. And the next morning he sent her home and he was done with sin, but sin wasn't finished with him. The Bible said the sword never departed out of his house. I want to tell you something this morning. You can sin. You can find forgiveness. You can get right with God, but you're a fool to think that you can sin and, and walk away from it and, and make a deal with sin as if there's never going to be no consequences. No, you may be done with it, but it's not done with you. I thought about one time, this was several years ago, I was preaching for a preacher up in Baltimore, Maryland. He said, I want to take you down to the mission. He said, would you preach for me? On, in, on the, in the mission on Tuesday morning. I said, be glad to. I went down to the mission on Tuesday morning. And to my surprise, there was over 500 men that they housed in this mission, massive. And Brother, Brother Jack, those men would, had been there all night long. And they opened the door of that mission and as they walked in, they counted them as they went in. And when they got to number 500, number 501 just pulled a tarp out and laid down to wait for a bed the next night. I went inside that mission, was in that chapel there. It was every bit larger than this sanctuary. And as I was in there, they packed that sanctuary out and they had to, they had to attend a service before they could get a bath and before they could eat a meal and before they could get a bed. And so they was there that, that morning and as a priest, I mean the smell, the stench would just about knock you down. And as the invitation was given, there was a man I remember that came forward and I met that man in the altar and the pastor that I was with knelt down there and this is what he told me. He said, preacher, you just think I'm a bum, don't you? I said, I don't think you're a bum. He said, I'm not a bum. He said, I used to own my own insurance business. He said, I made $400,000 a year. He said, I had a wife and three children. But he said, because of alcohol, he said, my wife kept telling me she was going to leave me. And he said, I didn't believe her. He said, she took the kids one day and said she left and and said, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't quit drinking. He said, I couldn't lay the bottle down. He said, I, I lost my business. He said, I lost everything. See, when he was finished with sin, sin wasn't finished with him. I thought about a man I met in Angola prison when we was down there. He come up to me. I, I won't never forget this. He come up to me and he said, I was talking to him about the Lord and he kept weeping and crying. I said, are you saved? He said, I don't know if I'm saved. He said, my life's just, my life's over with. I said, your life's not over with. I said, the Lord can, can help you. He said, preacher, he said, you know, he said, I did drugs one time in my life. He said, just one time. 
He said, I was hanging out with some buddies one night. He said, and they got me to take some, he didn't say what it was, but he said, they got me to take some drugs. He said, I never took drugs in my life. And he said, I took these drugs. He said, I must have went out of control. He said, I must have lost my mind. He said, I don't even know. He said, they tell me. He said, the next morning, he said, I woke up. He said, I was laying in the floor in my house. He said, I didn't know where I'd been and what I'd done. He said, I woke up. Somebody was beating on the door and said, when I opened the door, said there was two officers there and said, they arrested me and put me in the, the car and they took me down to the county jail and, and said they told me that I beat a man to death. I murdered him. He said, I got 35 years to life because of one time. You see, he's done with sin tonight or this morning, folks. He'll never, and I believe I believe him when he tells me, I don't want any more drugs. I, I'll never do drugs again. Oh, he's done with his sin. But sin's not finished with him. I wonder this morning, I, I tell you, I, last night my heart was so heavy. You'll never know what's lurking in a church. You'll never know what's lurking in somebody's heart. I'm telling you, there may be a, may be a man here this morning, and God forbid, I, I hope it's not to be so, but there could be a man here this morning with a Roman eye thinking about leaving his wife. Or maybe I'm not going to leave her, but I just might have me a good time. It's happened, hasn't it? If I was a woman and I saw my husband looking at somebody, I'd jack his jaw. Somebody say amen. I wouldn't just smack him. I mean, I'd come from under, wouldn't you? I'd jack it so high he had to suck through his eyelids to drink. Amen. That's right. Isn't that the truth, Brother Charles? Woman, take care of your kids. Wash and clean your underwear. Amen. Your dirty clothes. And you step out on her, you're sorry and dirt. Somebody say amen. That's right. You say, why are you preaching like that? Because that's how people's living nowadays. I know it ain't going over in the average Baptist church, but it ought to be preached in every church, amen? I don't believe a man ought to even hug a woman that's not his wife uh, unless she's old enough to be his grandmother, amen? I'm telling you, friend, uh, listen, the Bible said it's better for a man not to touch a woman. There ought to be some lines of separation between a man. There ought to be some decency, some respect. Uh, there ought to be some morality in this day and time. But friend, I'm telling you, we went from prime time television to slime time television nowadays. Uh, it's anything goes and everything's okay. No wonder the minds of our young people are so warped. They've seen more sex and perversion and nudity and heard more cussing by the age of 15 than we ever thought about hearing in our lifetime. Somebody ought to preach against it. There's home wreckers everywhere, even in church. Hey, I think I just need to make this statement. The church is not a dating place. Somebody say amen. So, well, Brother Gravely, you, you, you can't find them out there in the world. You ought to find them in church. No, no. You ought to just pray and just wait on God and leave it alone. And if God wants you to have somebody, he'll send you the right person. You ain't got to go snooping around and looking around. Now, I'm telling you, listen, uh, we're living in a very twisted hour today, friend. Amen. I think that 
If our young people have any chance of surviving, it's going to take people praying. And I think preachers are going to have to preach more on sin than we've ever preached on. This idea of preaching on it less because I'm worried about what people's going to think or the size of the crowd is killing our young people. Brother, I'm telling you, when you think about this verse this morning, when lust hath conceived, you know it takes two for a conception, isn't that right? And I was thinking about that. What is it that conceives with lust? You see, lust is the mother of sin and she's the grandmother of death. Lust leads to sin. That little sin baby is born, but something has to conceive with lust. And you say, preacher, what is that? It's our will. And I'm telling you, when that lust rises up in me, they thank God there's a spirit. Brother David, it rises up and says, don't go there. No, don't, you don't want to do that. Oh, that, that's sinful. That's wrong. And Brother Danny, you said it this morning. I thought, boy, how God so put things together. A lot of times the attitude is, well, I better not do that because I might not get by with it. But that's not it. It ought to be the attitude, I better not do it because that would break the heart of God. And how would dishonor the Lord? That's why Joseph, why he didn't do what he did. He wasn't concerned about getting called. He was more concerned about how he'd make God feel. You ever thought about how your sin makes God feel? The choir sung about how great thou art that God would give his son. Lust, the will, we, we, we can say no when lust rises up. We should say no. We don't have to do what our desires of the flesh are. We can tell it no and we can go in another direction. You say, but preacher, if I don't, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if you don't. There's going to be a baby born. And the name of that baby is going to be sin. And I was thinking last night, I wonder how many sin babies has been produced you see, tonight, friend, those babies grow up, don't they? They become adults. They, they begin to multiply. You always reap what you sow, and you always reap more <coughs> than what you sow. I'm saying this morning that if I was here and the Holy Spirit had dealt with my heart, if I had sin in my life, I, I wouldn't put it off. I, I wouldn't treat it haphazardly. I wouldn't treat it as though it is nothing. Friends, sin is a very serious thing today. There's no such thing as a big sin or a little sin. So I don't drink, I don't smoke. I, I've not never committed any of those things that you're talking about. But can I tell you something? You know what destroyed Saul? Just disobedience to God's command. You know what killed him more than anything? Jealousy, pride, stubbornness. You don't have to go out there and waller in sin. Bitterness has destroyed the best of them. I'm telling you to, this morning, pride has took so many people down. You can be squeaky clean, lily white, and have a wicked heart. You don't got to get out there and do all those things to, for sin to get a hold of you. All them little old babies of sin can be born right here. And whether they're ever acted out in our flesh, 
They can destroy. This is the seat of our emotions. This is the soul of man. This is who. This is not who I am. This is who I am. And what goes on in here is so important. I, I'm telling you, keep a short account with God. Keep the heart clean. Stay on your knees. And as soon as sin rises in your heart, confess it, forsake it. Get away from it. As we stand this morning, as they come and If you need to come this morning you do, and do business with God, <coughs> would you do so? Brother David's going <coughs> to get us a song ready. I, I don't have a lot of propositions to make this morning other than just to say if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, deal with it this morning. Take whatever it is and lay it on this altar and say to God, I'm, I don't want this to destroy me. I don't want this to... I don't want this to get a hold of me. You can't play games and you can't do it for somebody else. It's got to be real. It's got to be right.